Welcome to the Champions Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this week's message. To learn more about Champions Church, visit GodsChampions.com. A couple of months ago, we had the privilege of being in Apostle Maldonado's church, and we were there as an invited guest. And as we were there, we were introduced to somebody named Joe Naughton. We had sat down at the table, and one thing I recognize with people that you really mesh with is that you notice pretty quickly. And, and this is a woman of God that we just go, yeah, I, wanna, wanna, I really want to know this person a little bit more. And as we were talking, we, we were discovering the brilliance of Joe Naughton and the ministry that God's given her. She's a, a prolific writer, author, on the subject of, of trauma and healing and being set free. She's all over the world. She's from based out of London, England. And her husband and her have a powerful church in London. And he's all over the world. She was telling me he's in Israel this coming week doing some powerful things there. And he's a revivalist. Um, their whole family serves God. And she is released to America and the world to help the body of Christ and people of God be the people of God. And we, I tell you, I, I've just known her a short time, but I can tell you, Kathy and I love this woman of God. She's brilliant. And you're going to get to know her really well. I want you to do a standing welcome and celebration as she comes to minister. Joe Naughton to Champions Church this morning. Thank you so much. Praise God. What a joy to be at Champions Church. What a joy to be here with you. And, you know, it, every now and then, doesn't happen many times, but every now and then you meet people and you just know, oh my goodness, this is a heaven sent divine appointment and you know you all kept me out of the united states for a year and a half we were not permitted in if i was african or from latin america i could have come to the united states but europeans we weren't allowed in for a year and a half and in february when you all let us back in well you let us back in at the end of last year and i came in february one of my greatest highlights of being back i was here a month, but one of my greatest highlights was meeting and connecting with your pastors, with Nolan and Kathy. I just appreciate you so much. And so it really is a privilege and a joy to be with you today. Great to see my friends, Pastor Abraham and Wendy there. I've got friends as well who have come from Lakeland. Um, but it's so good to be here in this house with you and i just really believe that god is meshing our lives together and i look forward to when you can meet my husband um he's he's the funny one he's the relaxed one he's the i'm the intense and serious one um so i i, I apologize in advance but i have a message that i just know the spirit of the lord has given me for you today 
And that's heaven saying amen. But before I share, the Lord really gave me a word. And I really sense that the Lord wants me to start this way. So I just want to ask if it's all right, in all humility, pastor, pastors, both of you, and the whole family. Um, please, if um, Brianna, Brittany, please, if you could come. I just, God put a, placed a word so strong on my heart. And as he shared with me, um, this word, I'd forgotten all the things you've told me about your, your kind of history. I'd forgotten it all. And it was only this morning, my um, good friend Donna. Um, where's your son? Is he, is he here? Um, maybe he'll make his way. Wonderful. Praise God. Praise God. And I just want you to reach out your hands. You know, um, you know when God has a plan... And when God is calling people for a purpose, he doesn't call an organization. You know, he didn't say, I'm going to create a church called the second Abraham of, you know, wherever he was from before he, 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 he started walking. He called a family. He picked a married couple and said, you might try and make it happen any other which way, but I've called a couple. And we can look through Bible history and see that God calls families. He calls couples. He calls people who are united together, which is why the enemy fights families. He fights families. And when God called Jacob... He said, I, I've not just called you, I've called every single one of your children. Right. I have a plan for each one. And as I was praying for you last week while I was still in London, and I was seeking the Lord and saying, Father, show me why you're sending me here. Show me your purpose and your plan for this first opportunity to be here in this house. And Nolan, I heard the Lord start to speak about you. And this is where I'd forgotten your, your, your history. But the Lord said to me, he said, my son is, he is my Isaac. And he is a digger. And he said, I have called this man and he's been digging and he's been digging and he's been digging wells. And he's been digging these wells that once were there. And every time he digs, there are people who've come in and they've blocked up that well. People have come and they've thrown stones and rocks into the well. But my son Nolan has left that well where it all got filled up, where those came against him, where people have wronged him. And he just moved on and started digging the next well. And he has continued to dig and he has digged. And there are those who have deliberately thrown stones at you and thrown stones at what you're trying to do. But you have covered the nakedness of those at your own cost. And the Lord says, son, I've seen the price that you've paid and you've been digging and you've been digging and you've been digging. And every time you felt like you've dug and yet the well has been refilled. But the Lord says, son, you see, there is a moment in time. There is a moment in history. 
You see, it's not even always about, am I ready? Is the kingdom ready? Are we ready? There is a moment, says the Lord's son. There is a moment when the heavens are going to open. And there is a moment, and the Lord says, son, keep digging. Because you're at a well right now. And you are digging. And there is about to be a breaking forth of that spring that you've been seeking. And, and the Lord says, son, you've said, father, I need a move. I want to move. But I heard the Lord say that you've said, I want to move without the trappings. I don't want the trappings. Lord, I want a pure move of your spirit. And the Lord says, son, I made you a digger. I made you a digger and a lover, a digger and a lover. You love almost too much, but of course you can never love too much, and you dig. And the Lord says, that's what I've made you, and I've made you a protector. I've made you a protector who is constantly seeking to protect. But the Lord says to you, daughter, you're leaving that season shortly of being so focused on protection, because the Lord says, I will protect those that you've sought to protect until this point and the glory of the Lord shall be their rear guard and I'm raising you up and I'm taking the veil from in front of your eyes and you will be able to see what is coming on the horizon and you will be able to instruct the man of God in ways where you say I see this I see that I see the other and so the Lord says daughter the time of needing to protect is coming to an end because I am the protector. But the Lord says to each one of you, I called you, I chose you. Before the foundation of the earth, I chose you. I called you, not because of who you are born to, I planned to bring you together as this family. And the Lord says, son, I've given you a heart for family. And I have chosen to make this a well, a spring of my spirit, because you have had a heart for family. And the Lord says, in this season that we are coming into, family and the restoration of families is going to be part of what I am going to do in this time and through this house. And I sense the Lord asking me to do something to the three of you. The Lord says to you, my son, my daughters, every expectation that has been placed upon you, when it's been intentional and unintentional, but expectations placed upon you from people, the Lord says, this day I am breaking off the weight of human expectation. I'm breaking off the weight of every sense of what you have felt you needed to walk in. And the Lord says, I'm setting you free. I'm setting you free from human expectation. I'm setting you free from human expectation. And the Lord gave me this verse as I arrived this morning, or maybe it was when I was still praying at, at the house this morning. He gave me this word. 
You know, Isaiah 60 ends with this. And this is a word for everyone who says, I'm going to make this my own. This is one of those words. I remember a, a preacher once said, if the shoe fits, wear it. When the prophetic is released, if the shoe fits, wear it. And Isaiah 60 verse 22 ends with this, a little one, the least, not the greatest. I'm not going to ask you to put up your hand, but if you think of yourself as one of the least, even whichever one of you every now and then thinks of yourself as the least in the family, the Lord is speaking over you, a little one shall become a thousand, and a small one a strong nation. I, the Lord, will hasten it, and it's these words, in its time. And the Lord says, the time. We are entering into that time. So, Father, I just want to bless this family. This family that you have called by your spirit. Each one of them chosen before the foundation of the world. Lord, would you set watchmen even more so than there has been thus far. Father, would you set watchmen around them to pray, to stand guard. And in Jesus' mighty name, I want to thank you for that anointing to bring restoration to families. To bring restoration to families. And it's going to hasten in this time with prodigals returning. If you have a prodigal, prodigals returning. And the restoration of family, of marriage, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Love you guys. Praise God. Praise God. Every prophetic word that is released in our hearing becomes a prayer point. Those of you who are intercessors and you already pray for your pastors, pray for the whole family because there's something going to be birthed new, brand new for family through this family. Hallelujah. I want to ask you all just to shut your eyes in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, Father, I surrender to your love. I surrender to your purpose for this hour, for this time, for this place, for each one of your people. And Father, I pray that you would do something so extraordinary. And with your eyes shut, I just want to ask you to put one hand on your heart and lift the other hand to heaven. And I want to lead you in prayer and I want to ask you to pray boldly out loud. And just say, Holy Spirit of truth, I invite you to shine your light into the depths of my heart. Reveal those issues that have been holding me back. Do something new in me today. That will bring glory to Jesus. Have your way. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.
and amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, we're going to go on a journey today. And so we're going to start and then just stay with me on this journey. I want to start with Psalm 8, and I'm going to read from verse 4. And this is a really well-known passage. And it says, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. You know, this passage starts out by saying, oh my goodness, how is it? that the God of all is mindful of you and me. It's like scripture is saying, the creator of everything is thinking about you. He has you on his heart. And then it carries on. And it says that God crowns us with glory and honor. And you see, this word honor is a Hebrew word, hadar, the one used here, hadar. And it means to cover, to clothe, to dignify, to beautify. And the way I see this passage is it's like God saying, I see you. I see your humanity. Anyone else feel very human? <laughs> Anyone else feel very aware of your vulnerability? And you see, God is saying, I see you. I see your humanity, your vulnerability. I see how exposed you sometimes feel. And he says, I'm going to clothe you. I'm going to cover you. And not just with anything. I'm going to cover you and clothe you with my honor. Amen. You know, that is God's heart. That he covers and clothes and dignifies his children. But we've gone through, anyone else aware, a really, really tough couple of years. Anyone found the last two years really tough? Wave at me if you have. I love interaction. It's been tough, right? So much. And some of you will say, well, actually, Joe, I've had a tough life. You know, life is tough. Life throws stuff at us, at us all the time. And God's heart is that we are covered. But I want to read a scripture, and God really gave me a mandate in this season. Because the times that we have been through are prophesied. And there's one particular verse, and obviously, you know, we're not in the thick of things yet, if you understand. Those Bible, you know, those Bible scholars, you know what I'm talking about. But we've had a taste 
of some of the stuff, some of the difficulty. And Zephaniah chapter 1 and verse 15 speaks of what we have tasted. And it says, that day is a day of wrath, the day of trouble and distress, a day of devastation and desolation, a day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness. You know, even just looking at a few of those words, wrath, I mean, is it just me or has there been just anger released in the world? I mean, you know, we, we've seen the news media and what's been happening with some churches this weekend. Anger, wrath, and you know the honest truth, we can, we can say anger, but anger hurts. Has anyone ever been really angry with you? You see, the thing about God's anger, you know, what does it say that he's angry for a moment? But his compassion and mercies are new every morning. But the thing about God's anger is it's so predictable. Isn't that right? We know what makes God angry. But you know, the anger that the enemy's been releasing, the type of anger that hurts is when you just don't know what's coming at you next. Some of you maybe grew up in homes. Maybe it was even you. You knew just every now and then there would just be this outburst. And you know, Scripture says wrath, anger is a torrent. It's like a massive, overwhelming, engulfing wave. <laughs> Wrath, trouble, distress. Gosh, there's been so much distress. Devastation, desolation. You know, one of the things that the enemy has really done over the last couple of years, but, you know, none of these things are new under the sun. But there's been so much breakdown in relationships. Desolation speaks of isolation when you look up the definition of that word. And it's like so much has happened, which has caused breakdowns in relationship. Jesus himself prophesied, and you know, it's not really very nice to call it a promise, but he said, brother will betray brother, and a father is son, and son is father. But when it happens, it hurts. Gloominess, Scripture talks about. Heaviness. How many of you, and I'm not asking you to respond, but how many of you, you wake up in the morning and there's just a heaviness on the inside. There's a sadness. How many of you, you have that propensity to discouragement? And you just really often feel down. Let me tell you something. It's not normal in the kingdom to wake up every day sad. That's a heart issue. Right, it's not normal to wake up every day weighed down. That's a heart issue. And the Lord is saying, I want to do a work in your heart. Because this is the thing. 
You've been under siege. The body of Christ have been, has been under siege. Stuff has come at virtually everyone. Anyone not had any mud slung? Anyone not gone through difficulty, pain, distress over the last couple of years? And this is what the Lord said to me. He said to me, Joe, my people have been under siege, but I need to get the siege out of their soul. You see, the enemy always has a purpose for your pain. God has a plan for your life, but the enemy's always looking at ways. He's always trying to plot and plan, and he always has a purpose for pain. He wants to use pain to divert you from your destiny. You might say, how? Well, you know, you go through stuff, people hurt you, and you think, well, I'll just kind of distance myself a little. I'll just build some walls around my heart. I'll just keep myself to myself. And God's saying, but I made you a light. And when God heals you deep in those inner places, those caverns, as the Bible calls it, those caverns of your soul, suddenly you can arise again and be the person that God has called you to be. You know, Jeremiah 8 verse 11 says this, for they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, peace, peace, where there is no peace. You know, one of the things the devil loves to do is for us to settle at, well, I'm good. You know, I, I've, I've had some healing. I went through some stuff. I'm good. But the Lord says, I want to deal with every single piece of pain. You know, the way we know that the job's done after we've been hurt is that we don't hurt anymore. God's put something on, on my heart, which I'm going to minister towards the end. For those who've really felt the, the pain of either loss or separation, and there's a grief. Because the enemy always tries to tell us so many lies, and one of them is there's something so bad you'll never fully recover. You'll have to just limp a bit. You'll always feel that ache in your heart. Oh, you'll always miss that loved one who died. You'll always have to cope with the pain and the heaviness of what you went through. But you see, however hard I search my Bible, I don't find God saying that there's some things that were so horrible that you went through that he can't bring you out as though you had never experienced that pain in the first place. Because when I read it, it says in Psalm 147 verse 3 that he heals. And that's the same word that we use Jehovah Rapha. That's cures. He heals the brokenhearted. He delivers the result of a completely healed heart. And he binds up their wounds. 
You see, some of the stuff that you have gone through, I started by saying that God sees your humanity. He sees your sense of exposure. He sees that feeling that you have on the inside where you think, gosh, if people really knew. And he says, my heart is to cover you, to clothe you, to dignify you. That's God's heart, but there is, there is stuff that happens in life. And it's like it rips that covering off us. And I want to read a story in the book of Genesis. You know, God called Noah for an incredibly important task. And um, he built the ark. I think it was 100 years. Took him to build it. And then he gets in the ark with his immediate family, um, four daughters-in-law, and they, 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 they get on the, on the ark. And then they're living on the ark with a whole bunch of stinking animals, right, for the best part of a year by the time they can actually get out. So you imagine, like, giraffes. They must do giraffe-sized... Yeah. You know? I mean, elephants, hippopotamuses, large. You understand? So this ark's going to stink. This ark's going to be really uncomfortable. This ark's going to be a pretty grim place, right? And you see, the ark is a type of the church. It's not always very comfortable, but it's the safest place on earth to be. Did, can I say that again? The ark isn't always, the ark wasn't comfortable, but it was the only place that was safe. Am I all right outside of the lights? It's the only place to be. And sometimes we, we go through stuff in church that hurts. Do you know what? The devil loves to hurt you in church. It's one of his favorite tricks. Let me hurt you in church so that I can separate you. Do you remember Jesus prayed for Peter? I have prayed for you. The devil wants to sift you, separate you, but I've prayed for you. The enemy's always looking to separate you from your destiny connectors. So Noah and his family, they'd had a year on the ark and I'm sure they were pretty fed up of seeing those four walls, no daylight. And then they get out. And what's the first thing Noah does? This man knows what he's doing, I'm convinced. First thing he does is he plants a vineyard and says, come on, come on, grapes, I need you to hurry up. And then the minute those grapes have borne fruit, he makes himself some wine. Listen, this is Bible. He makes himself a load of wine. He clearly doesn't share it with his, with his sons. He makes himself all this wine, drinks it, and gets blind drunk. This guy is so drunk that he literally passes out. I mean, when I backslid in my early 20s, I used to have a problem with alcohol. But I never, ever, ever collapsed unconscious. I mean, Noah drunk a lot. Now, I want us now to pick up the story of what happened that night. Because it says 
In Genesis 9, starting at verse 20, Noah began to be a farmer, and he planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a garment, laid it on both their shoulders, and went backwards and covered the nakedness of their father. Their faces were turned away, and they did not see their father's nakedness. So Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done. I just want to borrow someone who can help me for an illustration. The lady in the white t-shirt, got to tell somebody, please. Um, come on, let's encourage her, please, if you come up here. I want to show you, I want to illustrate God's heart towards you when it comes to honor. You know, his plan is that honor is the culture of the kingdom. And you see, God sees that sense of nakedness exposure. I was honored in the Maasai in Kenya in East Africa with these robes. And he says, I see how you feel about you. And I want to cover you with my honor. I want to crown you with my glory and honor. And then life happens. Sometimes we do stuff ourselves. Anyone else here made too many mistakes? Oh my goodness. And of course, once you're in ministry, you know, when I make a mistake, I can hurt people. And you know, there are times when we just mess up. It's Mother's Day, but I don't know how many times I feel like, felt like, oh my gosh, I got it wrong as a mother. I let that one down. And you see, here we have Noah. And his own behavior caused him to really... Pull off, you can stumble around, please, like you're drunk. And his own behavior caused his honor to be stripped from him. And then there's one of his sons, Ham. And he walks in, and the way it's written in the Hebrew, he's eyeing his father's nakedness. He's looking. Ha! Japheth, Jem, come and see Dad. He's naked. Look at him. But Shem and Japheth, they say, no, no, you know what? We can't even look at his mess ups. We can't even look at how he's missed it. Do you know what? He may have failed, but he's still our father. And they reverse their way in and they cover their father's nakedness again. But some of you, You've gone through stuff, and you've, you've made a mistake, but instead of being covered and loved and restored, you feel like those that you really needed to just cover you. 
instead pointed the finger. And the Lord is saying, I want to heal. But you know, sometimes it's not our own actions. It's other stuff. You know, it's really interesting. The Bible says, honor your father and mother. That, say that. That it may go well with you. And that you may enjoy a long life. And you know, why does God ask us to honor those who have a responsibility in our lives? Do you know what? Because leadership is difficult. Parenting is tough. Any, you know, it's Mother's Day today. I salute every mother. I salute every father. But you know what? It's tough, isn't it? And maybe you're sitting here and you've gone through experiences and you feel like your own son, your own daughter has treated you in ways and they've ripped your honor from you. They've left you exposed. And on the inside, there's just this sadness, this emptiness, but also this exposure. You know, it is God's heart to cover every single time you feel exposed. Thank you so much. You see, Scripture is full of so many different times when God speaks about the importance of the way that we treat one another. You know, what does it say? Husbands, love your wives. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. I've always known that that's a word. You know, I I know that's over Jerusalem and the body of Christ. But there's something about those words that speak to the feminine nature. Husbands love. The Bible says, husbands, honor your wives. And maybe you've been in a marriage, been in a domestic situation where you felt so unloved, so exposed, out there. And God is saying, I want to do a work today. I want to bring healing into the depths of your heart. But you know, it also says, wives, submit. You know, God's a God of the heart, right? He looks at the heart. When he was choosing a man to promote, to be king, he didn't say, I'm looking at your skills. I'm looking at where you went to college, where you grew up. No, he said, I'm looking at the heart. I'm looking at the heart. I want to promote. I'm looking at the heart. And if you would find a heart word for wives submit, I believe it would be wives respect from your heart. And I'll never forget the day I was minding my own business on vacation with my family and God spoke to me. I'm literally, wait, they, they've all gone off, we're at a water park, and they've all gone off on the rides and I'm with the bags and God spoke to me. And he said, Joe, if you're going to start ministering to men, and I'm like, what? Like at the time I would really like, if I had a word for a man, I'd say to my husband, look, I really feel if this, you know, I, I had no interest in ministering to men at all. And God says, Joe, if you're going to start ministering to men, I'm like, 
Where did that come from? But this is what he said to me. He said, you need to treat them differently to the way that you treat women. He said, there is an honor and a respect that needs to be given to my sons in my kingdom. And you know, maybe you're sitting here and through the way that you've been treated, it could be at work, could be at college, could be at home, and you're a man and you feel like through words spoken, through attitudes, through looks on faces, that somehow you've been ripped, your, your honor has been ripped off you. The Lord is saying to you, I want to restore in the depths of your heart. I want to reclothe you. Amen. Says in the book of Proverbs, do not give your honor to another. And that verse is speaking about infidelity. You know, if you've gone through any experience of betrayal, whether that's in romance, whether that's a family relationship, whether that's with a close friend and someone who you just knew would have your back, someone you just knew would always be there for you, suddenly instead you're stabbed. It's like with their words, with their actions, they rip the very honor that God clothed you with. It's like they rip it off your back. And I just sense that there are so many, and through the last two years, but through the last years, you've gone through stuff. People have treated you in ways that made you feel so undermined, put down, humiliated. And it's made you feel somehow that you no longer have what it takes to arise. And God is saying, I need my bride to arise. I need my church. And so I want to minister to the depths of every heart. You see, I started with that passage in Psalms. And did you notice that God says, I'm thinking about you. I see your humanity. I see your vulnerability. And so I'm clothing you with my honor. But then it says, then you'll know your authority. Then you can walk in dominion. Let me read the last bit again. It says, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet. You see, this is the thing. When you get stripped of the very covering that God clothed you with, it makes you feel that you no longer have the right to walk in your authority. You know, if you met a police officer in their plain clothes, you're going to go, all right, mate, good to see you, in a very London accent. <laughs> but if you see them in their uniform, how many of you, you know, are you like me? I'm driving along on the highway, and um, you see a police car in the rear of your mirror. <clears throat> is there anything I'm not doing right? Or is it just me? You're all so perfect. You never have to check your speed. You never have to check. But it's the uniform. God clothes you with a uniform called my honor. 
and your honor has been ripped and stripped from you through some of the events of your life. And God is saying, I want to reclothe you, my son. I want to reclothe you, my daughter. I want to heal you of the very experiences that exposed you. There is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword. Proverbs. There are times when words feel like they rip you to shreds. Things said that just winded you so deeply. Words that, you know, you think, oh, well, I've dealt with that, but you still remember it. You know, the way we know that we're fully healed, you see, it says in Lamentations 3.20, my soul still remembers and churns within me. Until you can look back at that memory with a smile on your face and peace in your heart, God is saying, I want to do a work inside. I want to heal you of those experiences. You know, I'm going to go into a time of ministry in a moment. But I just want to share something from my life. Many years ago, God said to me, Joe, you will never, ever withhold something about your life that could set someone else's life free. And some years ago, my husband and I went through an experience in church. A couple who we'd, they'd met in church. We'd done their marriage counseling. We'd helped bring restoration to their marriage several times. I mean, when this woman, when I first had her in my life, she was like a mouse, so timid. She ended up such a prayer warrior that, you know, I was just glad I wasn't a demon. You know, and just the transformation. But unbeknownst to us, stuff got into this couple's heart, well, into his heart. And he started to get more and more hardened on the inside. You know, we need to keep our hearts tender. And he started to get more and more hardened. And then we went through a little bit of a, a, a crisis and this man decided he did not like the way my husband handled it. And he just suddenly attacked verbally my husband. He, I mean, in he, with 15 minutes, he just was yelling at him, ripping him to shreds. And I remember seeing my husband when he got home and he was just white as a sheet. I was like, oh my goodness. Anyway, so we thought we can restore this. We can sort this out. And it was something so random. And so I organized a meeting and we all, we gathered together with him, his wife, and then the pastors and team. And I said, my love, I don't want you to lead this meeting because he was so broken by every word. You know, one of the things that hurts so much is seeing someone that's your hero being ripped to pieces in front of your eyes. If that's happened to you, God wants to heal your heart. But I remember, I was like, my love, I really don't want you to handle this meeting. And so I said, let me lead the meeting. And we sat down and I started to, I thought, it's going to be fine. I started to introduce then this man. I'll never forget, I was sitting, there was a circle of us, and he stood over me and pointed. 
And he started to shout at me and yell at me. And he accused me of so many things that I was like, what? And every word came like a knife just ripping my insides. But I remember the one that just winded me is when he said, and you should never have been put on full-time staff. And then turned to our associate pastor and said, this man is God's choice, not you. It's just because you're his wife. And, and walked off. But this man got on the phone, started calling. You know, he'd been with us since the start, calling and calling and calling. And we had about a month of it. I mean, it was just terrible. And then a little while after that, we steadied the ship. We lost a lot of people. Thank God most of them came back in the end. But it was a horrible time. And, but this is what I want to say. I remember the day when my husband sat down with me and he said, Joe, how are you? And I said, my love, I feel like I've been marched onto our church platform and stripped in front of everyone. Because that's how dishonor feels. But I'll also never remember his reply. He said, Joe, I'm going to give you this window. You need to be healed because this church needs a mother. What's my point? The enemy is always going to attack you and cause you pain in the area of your destiny. I remember thinking, yeah, I love you, Jesus, but I don't love the church. Anyone ever been there? And he's, Joe, the church is my body. If you love me, you love my church. And I remember getting into the presence of God. It says in Lamentations 2.19, it says, pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. And I got into the presence of the Lord. I fell on my knees and I said, God, that hurts so much. What did we do wrong? Lord, I've given everything. I've given my best to these people. What did I do wrong? Why am I such a terrible person? And I poured out my heart like water in the presence of the Lord. And he restored my soul. Listen, the enemy loves it if he can get you to struggle to trust. The enemy wants us to build walls around our hearts. He wants us to be wary. But the Lord says, oh yes, my child, grow in wisdom, but do not grow in wariness. Wisdom is rooted in faith. When you're wary, it's rooted in fear. God is saying, I want to do a work in each one of your hearts. You know that famous story where Jesus went to Nazareth? And it says, he said, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown. And he could do no miracles. There's two things I want to share with you about that. Number one. There were two words without honor or actually one word in the Greek, and it means unhonored. 
dishonored. What's my point? When you don't get the honor that God wants you to have, you are actually being dishonored. And there are some of you and you've wondered, I know God's gifted me. I know he promised to use me in healings and signs and wonders in the prophetic. I know he's promised that. And yet you feel like you've just not seen the evidence of it in your life. For some of you, you've gone through so much dishonor. You see, even Jesus, where there was no honor, could do no mighty works except heal a couple of people with a cold and a headache. That's my little bit in the end. God is saying, I want to do a work in your heart. I want to heal in the depths of your being. I want to just ask you, um, maybe, maybe if I hand over to you for a moment now, Pastor Nolan and I will go into a time of ministry afterwards. Does that sound good? Thank you, Jesus. I believe that God is going to minister into every single heart in this place. Praise the Lord. I just want you to, um, just to prepare your heart to, to give to this ministry, but, um, And, and just a quick note on that, just to, to write your check to Champions Church for Joe Naughton. And uh, I just, uh, Joe, I just sense that we, uh, and the, our ushers will be out there on the way out, but I just sense we, this is just a solemn moment. We just need to move. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't know how to, absolutely. Kathy, do you mind helping me on the keyboard. I just believe that God wants to do something so deep in each one of our hearts. You know, in the same verse in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 8 and verse 11, where it says, they have healed the hearts, they have healed the hurts of the daughter of my people slightly. Later on in that same chapter, in verse 21, it says, for the hurt, for the hurt in the hearts of the daughter of my children, I am hurt. I want you to know that when you hurt, it hurts the Lord. I want you to know that we don't have a savior who's unaware of what it's like to suffer. I was reading just in my study this morning of that moment where Jesus is betrayed by this guy who's lived with him for three years. So close, they've lived in and out of each other's pockets. He loved Judas, he chose Judas. He had all the people to choose from and he chose Judas as one of his 12. And then Judas kisses him on the cheek, betrays him. But straight afterwards it says, and all deserted him. All. Peter, I'll never leave you. John, the disciple who leaned his head on Jesus' shoulder. Every 
single one of them just deserted Jesus. And don't forget, as well as being fully God, he was fully man then. He knows what it's like to be forsaken. He knows what it feels like to be hated. Some of you, you have felt so hated. Stuff has been said and done, and you felt so hated. I just want to ask you to stand in the presence of the Lord right now. He says, I'm here to heal you. I'm here to heal you. I am here to heal you, my precious child. I am here for you. I am here for you. I'm here for you, my precious child. I just want to ask you to close your eyes in the presence of the Lord. Everyone shut your eyes because there is an appointment in the presence of the Lord. There is an appointment in the presence of the Lord today. And like I said, I have something on my heart for those who've gone through loss, but we're going to flow with this first. Just with your eyes shut. If while I've been ministering, the Holy Spirit has pinpointed something that you've gone through. Maybe words have been spoken that just tore you. Maybe someone you loved behaved in a way that was just heartbreaking. Maybe the honor that God so wants you to walk in just has been denied you. Maybe you've gone through trauma and you have not just felt dishonored, but you've felt defiled. You felt just so broken. And the Lord is saying to you today, my child, I'm here to heal. I'm here to heal. And maybe you say, but you know, I don't know why this has come back up again. I can hear someone and you're thinking, I thought I dealt with this. Do you know some stuff is so deep? It says in Psalm 64 verse 6, the inner thought and heart of man is deep. And some stuff is so deep that it's a journey and you've had some healing but it's a journey and the Lord is saying I want to do more my child I want to do more right now just with your eyes shut if while I've been ministering you have sensed something stir in your heart you've sensed the Lord just speaking to you just lift up your hands in the presence of the Lord. Just lift up both hands, just as a sign of surrender. The presence of the Lord is here right now. He says, I'm here. I'm here to heal you. He says, I'm here. I'm here, my child, for you. When no one else knew how to help, I'm here to heal you. I see you and I see the hurt. Right now with your eyes shut and your hands raised, the Bible says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, there is a divine connection. 
between your heart and your mouth. So often the reason we don't get fully healed is we don't release the trapped words. King David knew how to pour out his heart before the Lord. In Psalm 56, he said, I could have handled it, God, if it was an enemy that did that to me. But it was my close, intimate friend. Jesus is your wonderful counselor. And counseling works when you open your mouth and you share your heart. Right now, with your hands raised, just start to talk to the Lord. He says, I know what happened. I see what happened. I know what you went through. Their words tore you apart. It broke your heart. I know what you went through. And I'm here for you. Just talk to the Lord in this moment. And I want to ask you to do something. There is something so powerful about responding. I sense so strongly, Luke 5, 17 speaks about, it says, the presence of the Lord was there to heal. And the presence of the Lord is in this place. And he's here to heal your heart, your heart which determines the course of your life. So if you're saying, I, I really want God to minister to the depths of my heart, I just want to invite you to come out of your seat, create some space. Just come out of your seat, come to the altar. But I want to encourage you just to kneel. Don't miss this moment. Just come out of your seat. And if your knees allow you to kneel, just come and kneel. Don't miss this moment. There are so many of you. Do you know, after my daughter died many years ago, just before her second birthday, I made a decision. I don't care how stupid I look. When the pain comes up, I'm going to pour it out. I cried on trains. I've cried on airplanes. I've cried in the street, and I've cried many times in church. But right now, if God has stirred anything in your heart, just take this time. And if you don't want to come out of your seat, if you're self-conscious, then just in your seat, just kneel or sit down. But don't miss this moment. Because the Lord is saying, I am here for you. I'm here to heal you in every way that that honor has been stripped from you. Father God, reach into the depths of the hearts of your children in Jesus' name. Father, every action, Father, every experience that stripped that sense of honor. Oh, Lord God, reach deep down, Lord God, into the hearts of your people. It says in Ecclesiastes 3, there is a time for every purpose under the sun. There is a time to break down. There is a time to break down because there's also a time to heal. There is a time to weep. God gave us these divine mechanisms to release pain from the innermost parts. Jesus, reach into the depths of the hearts of your people, I pray. Can I ask Joycey just to help and minister?
Jesus, Lord. Jesus. Jesus. And the Lord says, I see you. And I saw what no one else saw. And the things that hurt you hurt me too. And he says, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. Jesus, Lord. Jesus. Jesus, Lord. Reach in to the deep places, almighty God. The pain. The pain trapped on the inside, Lord God. Reach deep down. And the Lord says, I'm here to do a new thing in you. I am going to heal in the depths of your innermost being. Just talk to the Lord. Tell him what you went through and how it made you feel. Tell him what you went through and how it made you feel. Jesus, reach into every heart. He sees. He sees your heart. He sees what you've been through. I really sensed as I was praying early, early this morning that there are some of you here and you are carrying the pain of grief. And that might be the grief of the loss of someone that you really love. But equally, I also felt there are some and you're carrying the grief of a of a breakdown in relationship. And the Lord says, I want to do a deep work. I want you to know that after my daughter died, that over a process of divine encounters, God reached into the depths of my heart and he healed me everywhere I hurt. And the Lord is saying, I want to do a work. If that's you, if you have a heaviness in your heart, there's a sadness it's Mother's Day, and yet for some of you, it's, you still carry that sadness and pain. I just want you to stand wherever you are, if that's you. That sadness. I just want to ask you to stand, if you will, just so I can see you, because I want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The pain of separation or the pain of loss. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And he says, I, he's the one who heals the brokenhearted. Jesus, Lord, everyone who there's that loss, that pain of loss, maybe you could just come over here. I just want to minister to those of you. You're carrying the weight of loss. Jesus, Lord, Jesus, reach in, Lord God, to every place of pain, Lord God. Father, uproot that pain. Uproot that pain so deep down. Oh, Lord God. Jesus, Jesus, Lord God. Father, reach into that place so deep down. Oh, the devastation, Lord. And the Lord says, I'm here. I'm here for you. Oh, Lord God, reach in to that place deep down. The sadness, the loss. Why? I just hear that cry. Why? 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 
Why? Just release that. Oh, Lord Jesus. Jesus, Lord God. Reach into the depths of the hearts of your daughters. And he says, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm able to do what no man can do. I'm able. Jesus. Jesus, Lord. Jesus. There's no pain that I can't take away. Jesus, reach it to the depths of the heart of your daughter. Oh, Lord God. Unearth that grief. Jesus, Lord, oh, Father God, oh, Lord God, the sadness, the sadness, the loss. Oh, Father, Father, oh, Lord God, that love, that love. Jesus, Lord, reach into that deep place of pain. And he says, son, it's time to release the pain from deep down. Oh, Father, reach into that place so deep down. He says, I know what you've been through. Jesus, Lord. Jesus. 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 Jesus, Lord. Jesus. And you've thought, I'll have to carry this pain. I'll have to carry this pain forever. And the Lord says, daughter, pour out your heart like water. Release. And even that place where there's a sense of injustice. Oh, that sense of injustice. It shouldn't have happened. Why did it happen? It hurts that it happened. And the Lord says, release the anger, release the why. There's a big why in this house. Why? And the Lord says, daughter, pour out your heart like water. And you've been, I don't think it's just this precious lady, but there's some of you and you're afraid to be healed because you feel as though your pain connects you with that one. But the Lord says, Release the pain in my presence. What connects you is the legacy of love that they have deposited. Jesus, reach into that pain, that agony. Jesus, there was a woman I ministered to in a corridor at a conference and her son had committed suicide. And as I prayed for her in the corridor of a conference, the agony was released. And she went on the most remarkable healing journey. There is nothing that God can't do. Jesus, Lord, Father, reach into that place of pain, I pray. Even where you've said, I have to be strong, I just need to be strong. I need to be strong, but the Lord says, daughter, you're just my little girl. You don't need to be strong for me. Lord, reach into the pain. And you've said, I, I don't want to let it go because I'm afraid to let it go because it's just going to be like a volcano, an eruption. But the Lord says, daughter, 
as you release your pain in my presence. Little by little, bit by bit, I'm gonna heal. I'm gonna heal your heart. And there's people you've had a heart for. You've so wanted to help others, and the Lord says, out of this terrible pain and the healing, the Lord says, daughter, I'm gonna use you to help others. There are people only you are gonna be able to help. Jesus, Lord, oh, Father, reach into this pain. I'm so sorry. Oh, I just feel the heart of God when Jesus saw Martha and Mary. It says he groaned and he cried because he saw the pain of Martha, Mary, and the Jewish people. And the Lord says, son, your pain hurts me too. Oh, Jesus, reach in. Reach in, reach in, Lord God, to that pain. Thanks for listening to Champions Church Sermon of the Week. Be sure to subscribe for more content each week. If you'd like to learn how you can partner with us, visit godschampions.com.